Dear Mama, you have so many questions, but not enough answers. You wish you didn't have to ask, and that's why I'm writing you this letter. You're not alone, you're not crazy, and I hope this helps. I see you because I am you. Sincerely, Mama. Hey mama, you are tuned in to Sincerely Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Bobbitt, millennial mom, entrepreneur, and purpose coach. If you've ever felt like you did not fit into social media's image of mother or motherhood, you are in the right place. We are dispelling magical motherhood and we are creating community by revealing realistic motherhood. So we hope you'll stick around. We are back with another episode and I am so excited. We have Miranda Joyner here talking about entrepreneurship, what that looks like being a mom and an entrepreneur, a mompreneur. So Miranda, let's get right into it. Can you tell us who you are, a little bit about what you do? Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So I rarely mention that I'm a mom in any of my titles, but I'm going to do it for the sake of where we are here. So let's start with that. I am a mom to a 17-year-old, amazing kid. I am an author, a speaker, and I'm also a brand consultant. Um, And more recently, I started a business as the co-founder and CEO of a nonprofit called Succeed and Elevate. And what we do is we thrive to help small business owners and entrepreneurs overcome burnout by providing community, resources, and support. Awesome. So you touched on already that you have a 16-year-old. Tell us how long you have been an entrepreneur. Yes. Did I say 16? He's 17. My bad. He's 17. It's okay. Did he hear you? Just, just tell me it's okay. Look, he's about to be 18, so I need to keep up. <laughs> Oh man, they happen fast, right? <laughs> fast. He's a senior graduating. Um, so I have been an entrepreneur for um in November of this year. We're in 2023. November of this year will be five years for me. I quit my job September the 22nd, 2018, and I launched my business um November the 16th, 2018. And I woke up that day and told the world to start calling me a brand consultant. Nice. So you quit your job. Walk us through that briefly. What was that like going from employee to now working for yourself? Listen, it was uh, it was quite the transition for me. I think some people have the dramatic. I quit my job. I don't want to do this anymore story. And then some people are like, you know, the pandemic pushed me into it. And some people were like, I just felt like I want to do this all my life. I had the kind of dramatic, um, I quit this job, screw you guys, I'm going to try myself type of story. Um, I have a background in radio, and I did that for um, about 14 years. Uh, Loved the stint that I had in radio, but I left there to go work for a nonprofit. And when I ended up going working for this nonprofit, um, it was was just a horrible situation. I didn't enjoy it. So I was there for six months, and um, I had to leave there kind of abruptly. I ended up... um, transitioning out and really trying to figure out what I want to do next. And honestly, I've been feeling my whole life like I should be working for myself, but I have been, I was scared. I didn't think that I could make it work or that it would do what it needed to do, or maybe I wouldn't be as consistent or what if I, you know, I just was scared, you know, do, am I capable? What they call imposter syndrome, probably. 
Well, I was in between trying to figure out what was my next move and searching for a job somewhere. And I ended up um, running into, I was, I remember exactly where I was. I was in the Kroger parking lot, sitting on my phone, flipping through Facebook before I went into Kroger to get groceries. (laughs) And my old boss had posted on social media that he was looking for someone to hire. I reached out to him. He worked at a car dealership and uh, the rest is kind of history. I went to work over there for him. And I really enjoyed working for him for a small stint until things changed. The environment changed. It got a little grimy again. I was working in the service department and it was just grimy because, you know, you're dealing with oils and engines. And I ended up leaving because the guy who was the boss was um, he was just. I mean, he was just a horrible person. He just talked crazy to people and it just, it was really bad. And so that Saturday, one Saturday, he had said something crazy to me when I was simply trying to ask him a question. And he walked by the window a little later on and I said, hey, um, I think I'm going to make today my last day. I was going to do a two week notice, but today is going to be my last day. And it was that moment where he came in there trying to, you know, reconcile and convinced me to stay. And it was empowering for me to make a decision in that moment to take a chance on myself. So I ended up um, basically telling him, I appreciate the opportunity <laughs> and and almost really saying to him, I don't really need this job, sir. <laughs> I don't need you. Like I can, that's, I mean, that's really the energy that I had. It was like a, it was a real Beyonce lemonade moment. Like, look, I know you did your dirt, but I don't need you. So um and uh, yeah, so that's how I shifted into it. And then it was from that day forward. I just, I never turned back. Nice. So you've been an entrepreneur this year makes five years, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me, what are some of the challenges being a mompreneur? So being a mom and an entrepreneur, what challenges have you encountered? Mm, that's a good question. I would say that my biggest challenge would be in the beginning for me, it was Time management. One time management with just being and and managing my business, but also that spills over into how you make time for your family. Because what you don't realize is you go from being in a space where you can, and you do realize this, maybe people do realize it, but people, people hear being entrepreneur and they hear freedom, they hear time free, you know, but, but the reality is you go from working isolated amount of hours and being able to disconnect and go home and not worry about the business to you never turn off because even when you clock out, you're still worrying about the business because everything falls on you. So my mind never stopped working. Um, I'm always checked in. My laptop is always close. My phone is always buzzing. And so the guilt for me came in the times that I would be present with my son and not really fully present. Um, having to take a call, thinking that, you know, maybe I need to turn this email. I need to send an invoice. Matter of fact, while we're sitting here now, there is someone I need to send an invoice to, right? <laughs> As it comes out my mouth, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> um, you know, there's an interview to take or there's just, you know, there's so many things to do. Um, and so being able to manage that time um, with your kid. And then also the guilt that comes along that people don't talk about when you do spend time not working or thinking about the business, there's this weird, I should be doing something energy that you have. Um, and so those were probably the most challenging parts. And still to this day, the most challenging parts for me is wondering if I'm sacrificing too much of this time to build something sustainable in the hopes that he 
will understand it and appreciate and um, be able to see it as an example of how to show up in the space and work. Absolutely. Which can be tough. Like you said, like, how do you find balance? And then I don't even like the word balance. You know, I like to use rhythm because, you know, things are going to be up, down, you know, you got to figure out what what flows for the moment. And so you just told me it it never gets easy. (laughs) So so when my children are 17, it's still not going to be easy, right? (laughs) No, it's not. And even when they're, no, it doesn't. But even when they're like, mom, you're good. I don't want to be around you. You're still having to, especially as a teenager, because here's the difference between children that are your age and teenagers. Children that are younger, they want to be around you. So any moment of space you have, they're going to cling to you. With a teenager, you have to wait for the rhythm of when they want to be bothered with you and then make yourself available. Okay, so it's a little bit trickier because I think to myself, okay, he don't want to be bothering me now. Let me work. Let me do. Let me go. And right. then he wants to tell me today. Okay, let me see. What do I have on my schedule? Like, what's right. Does it match up right now? Oh my goodness! Sometimes <laughs> fun, fun, right? <laughs> so you shared about the challenges. Can you share some of the highlights? of being a mompreneur. So you, this makes five years this year. So what are some highlights? Give us three highlights. That's really good. So three highlights, that's my favorite number. So let me see if I can think of three, three highlights. One of the things that I love about entrepreneurship, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, the ability to be able to be creatively free, (laughs) to decide how I want something to come to life, what systems I want to put in place, what culture I want to have in, in around my, my team and my community as I'm shifting into a space of building out an organization and we're building teams and we're having consistent meetings. What do those meetings feel like? Um, how do I care for my team and pour into them? I'm loving that aspect of it. Um, we're creating events and programs. How do those programs feel? I enjoy the creative aspect, which I think for some people, uh, it, 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 they're not as creative. Uh, most business people aren't creative, but I am a little bit different and unique in that I'm, I'm, I'm an art. And I say I'm an artist and I, I use that term loosely, but I'm a, I'm a writer. Uh, I was a poet. Um, I'm a Leo. So I'm a little bit dramatic, you know? Um, and so I was on the drama team when I was in high school, I've been over the drama team. I've written plays. Um, and so, I love the seeing something come to fruition, like from mm-hmm. thought and concept to, you know, the explosion part of it. Um, and I utilize that in the work that I do. So when we do put on events or programming, I enjoy the 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 the, the feel of it means everything to me. So that's one thing, um, the creative side. The second thing that I would say I love is the ability to be able to control my income. Um I love that. I love that if I put on the gas, then, you know, I can go searching and looking for money and finding creative ways to generate money that I'm not locked into uh, numbers. And, you know, I used to work for a cell phone company and we used to have to make these numbers to reach a quota to do a thing, or I can only cap out at a certain thing. And I was expected the same pay every week. I, you know, I didn't like that. I love that every once in a while I can get like this fat check and be like, oh, that's great. You know, it could be a little bit um, 
it could be a little bit, a bit unnerving to not have mm-hmm. the consistency for some people. But for me, I, I'm a firm believer that if you create the type of energy that generates money, then you'll never be broke. And so for me, I wake up every day and I'm not just saying this in a cute, like, um, affirmation way. I genuinely <laughs> feel like money is coming to me every, every moment of every day. Absolutely. I found me yet. So I'm right. like, man, I just search for this money. Like, oh, let me figure out how to pay for this. Not in a right. different way, but in a, okay, where this money coming from? <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. And then the last thing I think that I love about being um, an entrepreneur is, um, I love the 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 ability to be able to um so I have two that pop in my head but I think I didn't know that I enjoyed this as much as I do um okay. but I have enjoyed the collaboration aspect of this new leg of work that I do. I enjoy connecting to other entrepreneurs and um building with them. It's a scary thing to do especially for right. minorities we really struggle with trust. But I have, and and me included, right? Um, Which is why I haven't done this a lot. Um, But in this new venture with this nonprofit that we started, uh, the collaborations have been really beautiful and and I've really enjoyed it. You just have to collaborate in the right way and set up a way in which you get people to collaborate. Okay. So that was, I know that was a long answer, but those are the We love it. We love it. So you talked about creativity. Share with us some ways that you ensure that the creativity keeps flowing. What are some things that you do to foster an environment of creativity? Yes, I will keep this PG-13 because this is a mom network. Right. So so let's just say I like to generate energy. I am a big believer in, you know, I believe in energy. I believe you know, I believe in God and I believe in spirit, but I believe in energy. I believe that we are uh, made up of water and energy, <laughs> mostly like they say, our body, you know, and atoms and all that good jazz. So I feel like that music um, changes our mood. It changes an environment and by default, it affects us. So if, if music can change a space, then it can change how we feel and how we show up. So I use music to get me in the mood um, when I am traveling Here's a quick hack that I don't tell many people that I do uh, when I'm traveling to speak in a place or if I'm traveling to even be at an event that I have to talk and show up um, in a way. I listen to intentional certain types of music or sounds or things on the way there to shift me in a space. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm in a great mood, you know, some people say they do that if they're in a bad mood to get in a good mood or to shake the nerves. I do it even when I'm feeling good just to add on top of what I'm already feeling. Um, to go into a space and own a room. So creatively, I do that. Um, Another thing I do is that I journal. um, I write. uh, I use, um, uh, Julia Cameron wrote a book called The Artist's Way. And in that she talks about, um, she talks about uh, doing morning pages where you just dump all of your thoughts off into a page in a very free-flowing, not worrying about punctuation, not worrying about articulation or spelling, just dumping to-do lists, random thoughts, unfinished words, things you're angry about. You can jump from one thought to the other and it really clears up your mental space to be able to be creative Mm -hmm. because we're carrying around so much because we aren't writing things down and getting them out of our body. Um, We don't um, appreciate or understand the power of actually writing and getting stuff out of our heads. So if you right. are a creative, 
If you're a mom, if you're not an entrepreneur and you're walking around and not writing stuff out, get it out. You will be amazed at what it clears up. And then the last thing that I'll do that I do is meditation. I do meditation. Um, uh, There's a weekly uh, group of people that I actually meditate with every once in a while. I go join them in a group or I do things like float therapy. Um, So I take moments to sit with myself. I take moments to sit still. Uh, I do that as well. And that helps with my creative process as well. Nice. I love it. I don't know if I'm ready to try float therapy because the the pod and closing me up in there. I'm like, because I saw you posted and I was like, "Mm -mm, nope, then I need. (laughs) I'm going to tell you. So I don't want to take up too much time with this float there the first time I did it. But I I went in and said, oh, I ain't going to be able to do this for an hour because I had never done anything like it. But I am an all-in type of girl. And so I got in and I said, I'm going to close this little thing up. I'm going to feel the discomfort until it goes away. And when I tell you, I left out of there feeling magical. Like, I, I can't even explain how it unlocked my brain. It was like a reset for my brain. And um, you do not have to close the pot to do it. You can also close the pot and put a light in there if you just don't want to be in the dark. But the idea is to have sensory deprivation so that you give your brain a chance to reset and visual is a part of your senses. And so you kind of defeat the purpose to me when you leave it open. But you can actually, you know, leave the pot open and put a light in there if you want to. But I highly recommend sitting still with no devices, no distractions. Speaking of distractions. I know, right? (laughs) So... We are, I was about to say, let me, so you talked about the different things you do to stay creative. What are some things that you can, they ain't going to let me do. What are some things that you can share? I saw a post, a new entrepreneur. Well, I've seen this a lot within the, the last month or so people complaining about, family and friends not supporting them. And a good friend of mine, Henry Goss, Henry Amazing, he talks about if family and friends are your target audience, then he would bet that you don't have a sustainable business. So can you speak to that? Those entrepreneurs that are so upset about family and friends not supporting them, what what would you say to them? Oh, man. Listen, um, that is, first of all, shout out to Henry. Uh, I adore him as well. Um, Listen, so I just recently posted about this and and every once in a while, I'll throw it out there just to remind people. But at the end of the day, the most important thing to understand about a person who runs a business is that as a business owner, it is your job to have a marketing plan and to seek out who your products or services are are ideal for. Your family and your friends, one, they do not work for you. (laughs) Two, they might not be your ideal target person. And so what this means is what you offer might not be their thing. And so as a person who wants to have a long sustaining business, it is in your best interest to target people who will be repeat customers who need what you want so that when they run out or need you, they will come back into the fold. And most of the time, if your family is just supporting you, right? I I don't even use the word support because I think, I feel like it's a bad word for entrepreneurs. Because if you're just supporting me, it's temporary and it's short-lived. 
But if you wow. are a sustaining and long lasting customer, then you're keeping me in business. And so it should become your mission and your goal to create a marketing plan, a strategy and a way to get in front of the spaces and the ears and the eyes of customers and consumers that are ideal for the work that you do, the service that you provide or the products that you serve. And when you do your business plan, when you sit down with a person and map out a business plan, there is no line on there that says friends and family <laughs> list, them. list them here, <laughs> get to them first. <laughs> right. You know, so I, I, I get how frustrating it can be to not have people support you that you probably have supported. But at the end of the day, um, when you create a business, it's a lot of weight to put on somebody's shoulder to ask them to carry, help you carry the load of marketing and promoting your business when they have their own lives. You chose this Absolutely. journey. So it's your job to, to plan it out and, and see it through. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up. How would you encourage the mom who is on the fence about going full-time into entrepreneurship. She wants to shift from being an employee to working for herself. She may be dealing with a bit of mom guilt. How would you encourage her in this transition? No, that's a great question. Um, I think I would encourage her to try to find a space to be alone, to sit still, and to really check in with yourself, your heart, your mind, your emotions, Place your hand on your chest, you know, putting your hand on your chest for long enough can feel like a hug, right? So putting your hand on your chest, your other hand on your stomach and sitting still, taking some deep breaths and closing your eyes and making sure that this is a move that you want to make. I am a firm believer that not everyone is um, made to be an entrepreneur, but I feel like we're in this world that kind of pressures people to uh, start your own thing, do your own thing. You know, it, it feels like you know, the thing to do. And it's really just not made for everybody. The statistics, even though we're fighting against the statistic, but the statistics say that 50%, 45 to 50% of entrepreneurs don't make it past the five-year mark. And while I think a part of that is because it's hard, but I think another part of it is because a lot of people jump into it without really understanding what all is involved, not having a plan and not really realizing that they aren't cut out for it. And I would do that. And then I would, um, you know, if you decide after all of that, that this is something you want to do, uh, consider all the ways, too, that you can connect to entrepreneurship. You can invest in other people's businesses. You can partner with other people just to imagine all the ways that you can do this and then be careful and strategic about how you do it. But let's say you do say, I, I am cut out for this. I do want to be an entrepreneur. My advice to you would be to go in and to one uh, create the plan of how you want to roll it out. Of course, do research, do planning, but nothing beats just getting messy so that you can get better. Nothing beats starting the practice so that you can figure it out and pivot. At the end of the day, uh, we cannot create the plan and determine and decide everything that we're going to have to do from our couch, from our cute little desk, <laughs> from our homes. You actually have to start doing the work and entrepreneurship is genuinely like building the plane as you as you're flying it. Not as you go, as you're flying it. Right. Oh, we need an engine. Let's build an engine. <laughs> oh, wait, we got to turn. Let's build. We got to stop. Let's build a brake. So to be encouraged and know that every entrepreneur is out here solving problems and you're figuring it out. That is your job. 
solving problems and figuring it out, solving problems for your consumer, meeting a need for the consumer and solving a problem for your business and then figuring things out in your business, what works and what doesn't work. That's the nature of the game. It's not competing with other entrepreneurs to see who can out hustle each other or who can out Instagram story each other. The name of the game for entrepreneurship is meeting needs for people that you serve and then figuring out your own issues and solving those problems as well. So, yeah, so don't you don't have to be perfect because no entrepreneur is right now. Your favorite brand is fixing a problem that we just don't know. about. Right. And consistency. That's your favorite. That's my favorite. Let's talk about consistency. How is that important and why is it vital? Yeah. So consistency is one of those words that people uh, miss, confuse for frequency. Uh, They feel like, you know, they got to do, do, do fast, fast, fast. But what consistency looks like is just showing up, continuing to get back on the horse, doing it again. If you try to execute a plan or if you're trying to to get into a space, continue to push, show up consistently. Um, And it doesn't always mean you have to look the same every time it is. How are you being in this space until you figure it out? Just consistency, like keep at it and then keep moving towards the goal. Like don't stop moving. Don't allow fear to sit you down. We were not meant to be paralyzed by fear. We were meant to move through it. So it would be vital and important for you to just expect that things are going to come up that are going to startle you and to decide Mm -hmm. that you're going to take a breath, regroup and keep moving through it because that's Mm -hmm. what we were created to do was to move past fear. And it's really, and honestly, when you think about it, fear is just an indication that something is coming. It's either telling us something good is coming or something bad is coming and we need to pivot and move. So it's a warning signal for us to be able to pivot and move. Because if that wasn't the case, why do we get fearful when good things are about to happen? You're about to go on stage and speak to thousands of people and give them this good word and you're scared. (laughs) This is a great thing. You know what I mean? Start a business and you're scared. Why? This is beautiful. So um, I just want you to keep at it. Yeah. Consistency is extremely important. And then when you, um, you know, when you get past it and you keep moving and you're feeling tired, then do it again. Consistency. Absolutely. Any final remarks for us? Yeah. um, I think if I had to give any final remarks, what are my final thoughts to an entrepreneur? I guess the best advice that I would give to anyone is just, oh, I know. I know it was probably some of the best advice I got. And I don't know if it is, um, if it's so much so entrepreneur. Well, it is because I feel like it's important and vital and it's a part of entrepreneurship that doesn't get enough shine. And my, my thoughts are, is to be kind to yourself, to be patient with yourself mm-hmm. um, and to make a plan, not only for fear, but for your mental and emotional health. Because if you aren't healthy, then your business is not going to be healthy. And the most important part of that message is to do it without guilt. It's very similar to that saying, you put your mask on first and then you save the people around you. At the end of the day, you deserve to be mentally and emotionally in a good place. You deserve to nurture yourself. You deserve to rest. You deserve a moment to take a breath. You deserve the right to be angry and to vent and to get that frustration out, but then to get back on the consistency ship, right? Right. Because if you don't allow yourself the space to do those things, what's going to happen is it's going to show up in horrible behaviors. It's going to show up in the most unpleasant ways. 
And trust me when I tell you that people see it and it's going to show up and affect your business, your family and everything. So just be kind to yourself, be nice to yourself and give yourself permission to take breaks because it should be a part of your business plan. As a matter of fact, it should replace the family and friends line. Oh, that was good. <laughs> it should replace the family and friends line. That was perfect. Miranda, tell us how we can connect with you. Sure, absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I have really enjoyed this conversation. Um, and you can connect with me everywhere. I'm all over the world. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all the <laughs> social media platforms, you can find me. My name is Miranda Joyner. Let me spell it for you. I know it's right here somewhere, but... <laughs> M-A-R-A-N-D-A, all A's, J-O-I-N-E-R. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, you name it, uh, I am there. I'm not as active in many places, but I'm really active on Instagram, pretty active on Facebook. You can email me at connect at mirandajoiner.com. But if you want to connect with me, you can do that through my website too as well. And that's mirandajoiner.com. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Miranda. We have really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you guys for tuning in. And you already know Fridays are so much better with you. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you soon. Sincerely, Mama. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this episode helpful, do me a favor and share it with another mama. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a five-star review. Also, connect with us on all social media platforms at Sincerely Mama Podcast. Remember, you're the best mama for your children. We'll see you next time. Sincerely Mama.